All right, we are recording. Nice. So I, uh, what what are we talking about today? <laughs> I uh, went we're talking about the... doing a workout and uh, <laughs> adding that with additional running to stay in shape during uh, shelter in place. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good first start. I mean, our uh, our health is our number one asset, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You don't have your health. You don't have anything. I don't care how much money you have. That's right. What's our topic today? You mentioned it last week and I, I forgot. Oh, I thought you were joking. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so our topic today is using IBC as a volatility buffer. Oh, perfect. When we look at um, what we call a volatility buffer, um, there are some, uh, you know, pretty, pretty well-known authorities out there. Um, guys like Wade Fow, PFAU, if you're, you know, if you're interested in reading about, um, retirement strategies, um, he's a bit, very big proponent of having some things called buffer assets. So we, we're talking about retirement buffer strategies and he calls life insurance a buffer asset. Um, he also talks about, you know, reverse mortgages as buffer assets. So these are all ideas of um, having some type of non-market correlated asset to buffer your income during retirement. And so it gets into the, um, it gets into the, the idea of sequence of returns risk, where as you are saving for retirement, there are kind of two ends of the spectrum. You've got your accumulation phase that you're putting money into some type of savings account or retirement plan while you're working. And then in your retirement, the idea is you're probably going to start, um, you know, as opposed to having the income streams come in, you're going to be pulling money out of retirement accounts to live off of while you're in retirement. So sequence of returns risk is if, if the sequence of returns, meaning the, the years that you get positive and negative returns in your retirement, if, you, if the sequence of those returns is that you're getting negative returns in the early years of your retirement, that can um, cannibalize the, the amount of money in your retirement accounts because you're, you're seeing a negative return or a loss in the, in the market or in your investment accounts in the same year that you have to pull money out to live on. And what that does is it just digs a huge hole in your retirement account that you really, you really can't get out of because you're, not, you're no longer contributing money. And so it's almost like the reverse of taking advantage of so-called average rates of return on the way up. Well, on the way down, that does not work in your favor. It works against you, especially if you get negative returns in the early years. And so what they talk about is using buffer assets, which are non-correlated, non-market correlated assets to use as income during the negative years, during negative years in market while you're retired. And instead of pulling money out of your market-based investments, pull money out of these guaranteed buffer assets so that your market accounts have a chance to rebound um, during the, you know, supposedly or hopefully following uh, positive return years in your retirement account. And so by doing that, by having both of these types of assets, you make your retirement accounts last much longer. You can actually get a lot more money every year um, 
by having those because you're you have more money to use and so you you essentially are creating a situation where you have more money to use and enjoy while you're retired and it'll last longer how's that for a recap that's beautiful that, that's <laughs> that's awesome that's exactly what i was looking for <laughs> the the number one fear for people that are entering retirement is running out of money yeah. right too much life to live and not enough money and having this buffer asset that as you said is a non-correlated asset but it's also tax free so you don't have to yes. pull out as much as you would with a qualified plan in order to net the same amount that's right makes a huge difference on being able to stretch those assets to last your entire lifetime. That was, that was phenomenal. And then, you know, the other, the other piece of that is, um, you know, using policy loans is one, is one um, part of the strategy of using guaranteed whole life insurance um, as a retirement income buffer where even if you're using policy loans, there, there are several ways to do it, but using policy loans is one, where if you borrow money against the cash value in your policy, remember from our previous episode, that entire cash value and your death benefit continue to grow even though you have that outstanding loan against it. So the, those two opposing forces allow that cash value to last much longer even though you're using the money in the account. You had mentioned Wade Fowle's name. Yeah. Do you recall what he recommends as a withdrawal rate? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, some of his latest, uh, some of his latest research, especially with COVID. So the, you know, the what everybody's familiar with right now is a safe withdrawal rate. A lot of people are familiar with the four percent rule or the Monte Carlo strategy. The Monte Carlo strategy is sort of like the, the macro strategy of, hey, you can pull this percent of your accounts out every year and, and most likely will not run out of money. And some uh, previous research said that, that that amount was 4%. So the 4% rule became sort of, um, you the know. The golden rule. Yeah, became very commonplace. Well, Wade Fow is now saying, especially recent retirees right now, it's looking more like the three or even the 2% rule um, because of the current market drop that we've just experienced during, during COVID. And so, you know, he's talking a lot about, you know, taking a look at some annuities. It's not too late to look at annuities. And if you have life insurance, uh, he, he kind of mentions that for a lot of people, it doesn't make sense to, to buy life insurance at this point. I, I would disagree with that. And I think you would too. He's, he's definitely mentioning that if you do have life insurance, that, um, you know, that is certainly a, a, a buffer asset that you can use to make your retirement and to make your retirement last longer and increase that withdrawal rate, the annual withdrawal rate. Yeah. And just to put it in real dollars, if you have a million dollar portfolio, and you go from having to withdraw 4% per year to let's say 3%, that, that's a 25% reduction in annual income. You're going from 40,000 yeah. a year to 30,000 a year. That's huge. It is, especially when you have to consider taxes are gonna play a, a part in taking a bite out of that as well. And here you have 
IBC with a, with a tax-free distribution. And not only that, but when we talk about withdrawal rates, something I learned from my mentor years ago is that because this is a non-correlated asset with whole life insurance, you can actually take a withdrawal rate from your cash value at about five and a half to six percent per year. This is assuming that you start taking income in your mid to late sixties, and that that withdrawal rate on that cash value will run you out to at least age 90, if not longer. And so you could take a substantially higher uh, withdrawal rate from these whole life policies compared to a qualified plan. Yeah. And it's, and you know, a lot of people just want to, you know, they go back to comparing the rates of return of the, of the different, of the different uh, vehicles. And it's like, Hey, you can have both. And then just imagine what you could do since you have use of the you have liquidity in the cash value, the policy, imagine what you could do over those 20 or 30 years, having liquid cash that never loses the growth, even if you use the money, imagine what you could do with that money over the course of those years to, while you're still getting safe guaranteed returns on the cash value and death benefit um, to go out and do other things like buy other income producing assets. And so now you're using your money in three dimensions instead of just two dimensions where, you know, that 401k is either going to go up or it's going to go down. And we don't know, we don't know when that's going to happen. Whereas the other, this, the other strategy is we know that cash value life insurance is only going to go up and we can use that money to do a lateral shift and buy some other income generating asset where that goes up as well. And so, you know, it, it just becomes an extremely powerful tool where you can start creating multiple streams of income over the course of your working life, rather than just hoping you accumulate enough in your 401k or whatever other investments you have that you don't run out by the time you hit retirement. Not only that, but I would add one of the additional benefits to having an IBC whole life policy is that you can get these policies nowadays that have a terminal or even a chronic illness writer built mm -hmm. into it. Yes. And so we're, we're, we're talking about adding even more value to your overall plan. Because if you think about it, if you just retire with a pension with you know qualified plans, social security, there's no additional pool of money should you experience a chronic illness or a long-term care event. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole life policies, uh, approved in just about every state that I can think of now, uh, come with the option to have uh, some sort of at least at a bare minimum a terminal illness writer. Which means you know if you if you can't if you got twelve months less to live, uh, you can basically access the death benefit mm -hmm. while you're still alive. Right. And the chronic illness writer goes even further, saying if you can't do two activities. A, out of six, two daily activities out of six, then you can access a portion of your death benefit. In some cases, as much as 24% of your death benefit per year to help pay for a long-term care event. And then let's not forget the disability waiver of premium. This is like one of the right. most powerful, most often overlooked benefits of a whole life insurance policy that is out there. Because if you think about like, 
as you're going through just to just to add on to what you just said if you as you're going through your working life and your whole plan is to put money into these accounts and save up for the future so that you're you know you and your spouse or um, and your kids you, you have this sum of money to live on when you're in retirement well what happens if you become disabled you know does does your 401k plan manager continue to make contributions to that account on your behalf? Not if that you, I know of. Right. If you die, does your 401k account plan manager continue to make contributions to your 401k plan in the event of your, of your early death? Right? No. And so this disability waiver, that is exactly what they do. If you become disabled, obviously, if you die, the death benefit gets paid out. So you basically get what that future account was going to was going to grow to. But even if you become disabled, the insurance company will pay your premiums on your behalf so that that account gets to where it was going to go. I say account, quote unquote, account, the life insurance policy, the value in the policy gets to where it was going to go no matter what happens. Yeah, it, it, it's so powerful. It basically, with this type of planning, with the IBC plan, uh, you have the ability to have a, a retirement plan, if you want to call it that, if you think about it in those terms, it has the ability to self-complete, auto-complete. Self-complete, that's great. I like that term. And so I think really what we're talking about here is parallel plans, right? So rather than putting all your eggs in one basket in a 401k, where by the way, we don't even know, um, well, here's a question. Do you get, when you, when you get to retirement age, do you get to call up your plan manager and say, hey, I noticed that uh, over the last 30 years, the market returned an average 8%. So I was hope, you know, I'd like you to calculate what that number would be and for you to put that into my account, right? That we don't get to do that. So we don't get the average rate of return. We get what we get. So mm -hmm. number one, we don't even know what that's going to be on the way up. And then number two, like that's not a disaster on the way up, assuming, you know, the market, we stay with, you know, capitalism and the market continues to grow. We will end up with something, but what's the, what the bigger problem is, is on the way down in retirement, meaning as we're withdrawing money, we have, if, if anything goes wrong, we can't, you can literally run out of money while you're still alive. And that's a huge problem. So I think all we're talking about is creating a parallel plan where at least a portion of what you're putting away goes to something that is completely guaranteed to grow every single year. And then by doing that, they can, they basically assist each other so that both of them work better over, over your entire life rather than just focusing on the part where you're only accumulating. Well, it makes sense to me. I mean, that sounds like an overall solid plan. Yeah. It's like, again, it's, you know, getting to the, what, what is unfortunately taught to most people. It's like, you don't need a backup plan. Just you'll get this average, average rates of return are the, are the backup plan. And it's like not a plan at all. Cause we don't know anything about what's going to happen with those average rates of return. It's like, what's wrong with having a backup plan? or right. not even a backup plan, a parallel plan, something that is going to grow and accumulate alongside our higher risk 
types of uh, types of investments to make sure that those work um, in our benefit, no matter what happens. Exactly. Basically, enhancing what you already have, making it better, making it last longer. I like that. All right. Well, I th- I think we've covered all the major points, at least on my end. Was there was there any other talking points that you had? No, I think that's it. It's really just um, having a real plan that you know will work regardless of what happens. That's really, I think what, what we're trying to, what we're trying to get out with this conversation. Yeah. I I think I I would sum it up by saying having a solution for all phases. And what I mean by that is preparation for retirement for the income phase when you're already retired. And then last but not least, making sure that you do leave a legacy too. A legacy and then and then kind of power assisting your overall plan by having cash to take advantage of opportunities when it comes your way. Absolutely. Which is the IPC strategy at its heart. Yep. Well I think I think we're good. I think so too. That was a fun talk. All right. Let everyone know if you have questions, go ahead and go to ww.thefifthedition.com. You can find us there, reach out to us, let us know what questions that you have. We'll potentially make it a topic for an episode. And if you'd like to meet with us to discuss your own situation, you can do that there as well. Go ahead and set up a time to meet with us and uh, we'll, uh, we'll answer all your questions.